Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by his word. God bless This morning, I'm looking forward to the, the presentation afterwards uh, from our missionary that is heading out from uh, Michelle Lynn. And so I want for you to be open uh, to what the Lord not only wants to do through her, but through each and every one of us. Every single one of us. And so uh, this morning, the word is for, for all of us. Take, take it in and let it become real in your life, applied in your life. Let's just pray. Lord, from the youngest to the oldest, from the weakest to the strongest, Lord, from, to the unbeliever or the believer, you are here this morning. You desire to speak into hearts and lives. This morning, I pray that there would be no distractions. I come against anything that would want to steal. I rebuke it. I bind it. I command it to go in Jesus' name. We plead your blood over each and every one. Lord, that there would be ears to hear what you are saying, that there would be a heart to receive, and that there would be a will to say, Lord, I will do what you have called me to do, that you would receive all the glory. We just give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be just be seated, and uh, children, you are dismissed this morning. Hallelujah. This morning, we are continuing on with our series uh, of kings and priests, and uh, I just thank the Lord that you are here, and I want you to know this morning that not any one of you is excluded from the word that the Lord has spoken to us as believers, and once again, I, I just say that if you are not a believer, that you have opportunity to give your life today and to become what the Lord has called us to be, and that is kings and priests. In 1 Peter 2, verse 9, it says that we are a chosen generation, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, that we should proclaim the praises of him who has called us out of darkness and brought us into his marvelous light, who once were not a people but are now a people of the Lord. And so as you have been called, he has made you to be kings and priests. Hallelujah. And the life that you have, he desires for others to have as well. The hope that you have he desires forever for others to have as well. For those that you may know or may come to know and be in contact with, the Lord desires to work through you powerfully. Today, I just want to entitle this message, Vigorous Overcoming Life. And I don't know about you, but how many of you want to have a full, vigorous, abundant life? Victorious. Okay? Yes, absolutely. I don't think there's anybody here that would say, you know what, I, that's not what I want. I don't want that. And the Lord not only wants for you to have it, but that there would be life flowing through you to minister to others. In John 20, we, re, we have a summation, a summary of the entire gospel of John. And it says, and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. This is John, 
disciple of Jesus writing. There's so many things that are not written in this book. The volumes of the earth could not contain all that Jesus Christ has done. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. This word life in the Greek is zoe. And I just want you to know the expanding of this word, this Greek word, in the Christian context, the believer's context, is this. Let me just read what this word zoe means, life, to have life in his name. Life real and genuine, a life active and vigorous, devoted to God, blessed in the portion even in this world, so blessed not just on this side of heaven to those who put their trust in Christ, but after the resurrection to be consummated by new accessions. In other words, to assess or, or uh, accession is, is there's a progression moving upward. A progression moving upward and to last forever. Not just here, but for all eternity. Praise God. We are kings and priests that we would have a vigorous, overcoming life. I'm not saying that we won't have battles. I'm not saying that we won't go through difficulties. I'm not saying that we won't have hardships or persecutions or trials or tribulations. But what I am saying is this, that you, with the Lord, will get through every single one of these. Hallelujah. John continues to write, grace to you and peace. This is Revelation chapter 1, verse 4. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. The Holy Spirit, the spirit of perfection. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So be it. It is through his finished work. This morning we're going to have time for communion, but it is through his finished work that we have life and that we are kings and priests. We are those of authority. Kings have authority. Priests are those that would minister. They minister to God vertically and they minister horizontally to those that God would place in their circles. And so we are kings, a royal priesthood to minister in authority to minister in authority to those that we are in contact with. I don't care where you've come from. I don't care your background. I don't care your, your status in, in our society. Doesn't matter. It does not matter. As a child of God, you are a king and a priest, a royal priesthood meant to minister. We are meant to minister to the Lord God, and to those that we would come in contact with. I think that's exciting. That is exciting. You don't have to be, hey, you know what? If only I could be like Pastor Dave. Trust me, you don't want to be me. 
that you would just recognize the Lord has made you unique. And in that uniqueness, he has made you a royal priesthood, an individual of authority with the purpose to minister in that authority. Hallelujah. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn him, mourn because of him, even so. Amen. Let it be. The second amen here. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. All power and authority has been given to him, and he gives us power and authority. If we only knew, if you only knew the power and authority that you have through Jesus' finished work on the cross, I'll tell you right now, we would do way more than we do. Oftentimes we're doing or not doing things because of ignorance, because of fear, because of distraction, whatever it may be, not recognizing what the Lord desires not only to do in your life, but through your life. You are worthy to take the scroll. The scroll, this is Revelations 5, verse 9. In, in chapter 5, he was the one that could open the seals of the scroll. And as the seals were opened, everything that would continue on at that point would begin to happen as the first seal was opened, the second seal was opened, the third seal, all seven seals on that scroll as they were opened. I want you to know that when it comes to the scroll of your life and the fulfillment of, of what God has for you, the Lord desires for the seal to be taken off and for you to begin to do what the Lord would have you do in these days. I say, thank you, Lord. You are almighty. So you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Thank you, Lord, to give you authority, to give us authority here on this side of heaven and authority even as we would spend eternity with God God has some amazing things to do through you. If you've noticed, when it comes to us being kings and priests, the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus is mentioned again and again and again. His sacrifice, it's appropriate today that we have communion to remember that. The ministry that we have as followers of Christ should have the vertical and the horizontal. That we would minister in authority under his blood, that there would be a ministry of worship and praise in who we are that would go up to the Lord Jesus Christ, not just on a Sunday morning, but every moment of every day, that our lives would be a glory to him, would glorify him. It's hard to minister to others when our ministry or we're not in the right place. And if you didn't catch last week's message, and even last Wednesday's message, catch it. Powerful words that we need to have right relationship with God before we can minister to others. It's difficult to minister to others when you don't have it together yourself. It's very difficult. You're, you, we're, we're more caught up with where we're at 
or where we're not at than where the others around us are. It's just like, I got to deal with myself. And this is where we need to get our, our vertical ministry in place. And I'll tell you, it is so much easier to minister to others in confidence and boldness with the authority that the Lord has given us. Hallelujah. The last number of weeks, I've been touching in on the Old Testament. One of the best kings, in fact, the best king from David, which was Hezekiah. Not to say that he was without uh, fault or flaw, but the Lord, there's a mention that he was the best. It says in 2 Kings 18, verse 5, it, it says he trusted in the Lord God of Israel so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor who were before him. For he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord had commanded Moses. And the Lord was with him. He prospered wherever he went. And he rebelled against the king of Assyria and did not serve him, even as the, the superpower of that day, which was the Assyrians. They were the superpower of that day. And he's saying, you know what? I will not be under your authority. I will be under the authority of God Almighty. Hallelujah. You might say, well, what does that have to do with me today? And I'm saying to you that who you are, as I said earlier, who you are, the authority that you have through Jesus Christ is beyond what you can imagine. Even the Old Testament that with, with the, the, the history and the narrative of one generation after another, one king after another with the priests, we recognize that the northern kingdom, 19 kings in a row, 19 kings did not serve God. Not one single one. They did evil, which was in the, in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord is saying, hey, that is not how you do your ministry or your life. And we have the example in the southern kingdom of, of Judah and Benjamin, that there were a number of kings that did serve the Lord. And Hezekiah was one that held fast to the Lord. For he held fast to the Lord, hold fast to the Lord. And he prospered wherever he went. There was this thing of life full vigorous, victorious. The Lord desires for you to prosper wherever you go. I'm not talking about a prosperity gospel here. I am talking about your life being what it should be in Jesus Christ through who he is, what he's done, and that his will for you would be accomplished. Let his will be done and have that vigorous overcoming life. It's interesting. I just want to, I'm going to read very quickly different portions. I read last week a lot. I'm going to read again from Second uh, Chronicles 29 and 30. And I want to say, in this passage, I want you to just look and listen for how important sacrifice was. 
how important sacrifice was and is. And before I read this passage, I want to, I want to say to you, I say, Pastor, what do you see me doing? What do you see me doing? According to the word of God, that your life would honor and glorify Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ would be lifted up in your life. And I see that in so many of you, that your heart is, I just want to, to glorify him. I want to serve him. I want to honor him. I want that he's lifted up. The second thing that I desire for you to see, so that vertical ministry in your life that glorifies God, and that horizontal, the, the impact on the people that are around you, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your children, if you're single, whether it's the honoring of your parents and the obedience to your parents in the Lord, the ministry to children, the ministry to others that you are in contact with, whether it is at work, your boss, whether it's your, the guy, the gal that you're working beside, or even the stranger that you may come across, that there would be a ministry that is done through you to bring life and a hope of life to them. And over the course of the next few weeks, we are going to be looking at Hezekiah, and the amazing thing is, Hezekiah, his name means Jehovah has made strong. Hezekiah, Jehovah has made strong. And those that were with him, he was king, the high priest, the one that was ruling over the house of the Lord. His name was Azariah. And the high priest Azariah, his name means Jehovah has helped. So not only does he make strong to us as kings, but as a priest that he would help us. And I like the fact that it's in the past tense is he's already helped. To bring you to a place to be a king and a priest, he's already helped in giving you salvation and giving you life eternal and full. Hallelujah. He has helped. He has made you a royal priesthood. And finally, the most beautiful thing that I... I I'm realizing that the prophet that was alive at that time, his name was Isaiah. And Isaiah, his name, name means Jehovah has saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Kings and priests unto God. Jehovah has made strong the king with authority. Jehovah has helped and so there's this aspect of helping us, ministering to us, but also that the Lord would minister through us. And Isaiah, the prophet, that the word of the Lord would go forth, Jehovah has saved. Oh, again, it's in the past tense as let it be, or it's been made so. Let there be salvation that would come. Hallelujah. I want you to look here. Once again, I'm going to read quickly. The aspects of sanctification or cleansing or making pure, making right, cleaning up, and what it has to do with the blood. 
And so listen, and this is for us in our lives. The blood, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, four Gospels. Why four Gospels? Why not just one Gospel? I mentioned this before. Every single Gospel has a different perspective on who Jesus Christ desires to be to us and through us. Every single one of the Gospels, four, I'll tell you, if you have a different, another Gospel, I'm going to read about another Gospel. You don't want it. You do not want another Gospel. That the four Gospels that are mentioned, that the, the reality of who Jesus is through the Gospel, basically, and I don't say basically, it is everything for who we need to be in our lives. It takes every gospel and focus of the gospel takes aspects of our life and says, I'm going to minister in your life. I'm going to minister through your life these different aspects as we grab a hold of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hezekiah became king when he was 25 years old. And he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all his father David had done. And so this is around 700 B.C. 700 B.C. before the Babylonian, in fact, before even the, the northern kingdom would be taken by the Assyrians, when he began to reign, the northern kingdom was still in existence. And he reigned before Babylon would take the southern kingdom of uh, uh, Judah and Benjamin in 586. So he was over 100 years before that time. And in the first year of his reign, in the first month, in the first thing that he did as king, let this be to you. He opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. The relationship with God was repaired immediately, first thing. If you're not in the right place, let that be the first thing that you take order of. Lord, I desire for my life that there is relationship. Let the doors or the boundaries the barriers that have been put up, let them come down, that the doors would be opened to the house of the Lord and repair them. Then he brought in the priests and the Levites and he gathered them in the east square and said to them, hear me, Levites. And the Levites were the, the, uh, the, the priest tribe of Israel and of the, the different uh, tribes of Israel. The Levites were the ones that did the priestly work. Now sanctify yourself, sanctify the house to make pure, make right the house of the Lord of your fathers and carry out the rubbish from the old holy place. Let it be taken out of our lives. For our fathers have trespassed and done evil in the eyes of the Lord our God. They have forsaken him. They have turned their faces away from the dwelling place of the Lord and turned their backs on him. If that's you, just know this, you can come to the Lord. You can always return to the Lord. Hezekiah's son Manasseh was the worst king, the most wicked, evil king, and he ruled for 55 years. And it says he was pulled by hooks to Assyria. 
And as he cried out to the Lord and he repented in Assyria, there was a powerful work that was done and he was returned to his land. And even the worst of individuals, doesn't matter how extreme maybe your life has been, when it comes to being apart from God, God is able to make things right. They have also shut up the doors of the vestibule, put out the lamps, and have not burned incense or burnt offered burnt offerings. And here we're talking about the sacrifices that were supposed to be happening at 9 o'clock in the morning and 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It was not happening. Every day those burnt offerings were supposed to be going up in the holy place to the God of Israel. Therefore the wrath of the Lord fell upon Judah and Jerusalem, and he has given them up to trouble, to, to desolation, and to jeering, as you see with your eyes. For indeed, because of this, our fathers have fallen by the sword, and our sons, our daughters, our wives are in captivity. Listen, where you are as a king and priest will impact others for negative. As in, if we're not where we are or where we should be at, it will have a negative impact on others, and vice versa. If you are where you should be at, and you will see that with Hezekiah, there is a prospering that takes place and there's a blessing on you that will flow through to those that are around you. Hallelujah. Now it is in my heart to make a covenant with the Lord of Israel that his fierce wrath may turn away from us. My sons, do not be negligent now, for the Lord has chosen you to stand before him, to serve him, that you should minister to him and burn incense. That this thing of incense... The prayers of the saints that go up before the Lord is a sweet fragrance to the Lord. That we do intercession before the Lord. And he's saying, even now, all these years later, 2,700 years later, the Lord is saying to us that we would be those. Let me read again. Do not be negligent now, for the Lord has chosen you and me to stand before him, to serve him, that you should minister to him and burn incense. The prayers of the saints. We would pray. It says, then the, these Levites arose. Say, yeah. I'm doing this. Verse 12. Verse 15. says, and they gathered their brethren. Sanctified themselves. And went according to the commandment of the king. At the words of the Lord. To cleanse the house of the Lord. Then the priests went into the inner part of the house of the Lord to cleanse it and brought out all the debris that they found in the temple of the Lord to the court of the house of the Lord. And the Levites took it out and carried it to the brook Kidron. Now they began to sanctify on the first day of the first month. And on the eighth day of the month, they came to the vestibule of the Lord. So they sanctified the house of the Lord in eight days. And on the sixteenth day of the first month, they finished. Just over two weeks. There was a cleansing that took place. Let me just say about sanctification of the temple. This is for us too. Hebrews 9 verse 16. It says, for where there is a testament, there must also of necessity be death of the testator. If there's a, a will, a testament is a will. Just trust me right now. If you don't have a will... Think about getting a will. Get a will. Should we die? Everything that needs to be taken care of will be taken care of according to the will after our death. If you don't have a will, 
And I've, I've, I've had to help people who didn't have a will, and it is a struggle getting everything in order. And the government comes along and takes like a third of, of whatever. My goodness, let it go to your children, for goodness sake. Because when we, sh God forbid, we should die, but things are taken care of. When it comes to the Old Testament and the New Testament, the will of God in the Old Testament and the New Testament, there is necessity, there must also of necess necessity be the death of the testator, the one that made up the will. In this case, God. For a testament is in force after men are dead, since it has no power at all while the testator lives. Makes sense. Even though the will is there, hey, the person that wrote up the will or the will has been written up, they're alive. It doesn't take effect because they're alive. As soon as they die, it, be, it takes effect. Therefore, not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood. The Old Testament, the Old Covenant, was not dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats with water, scarlet wool and hyssop, and he sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you. That's why we take communion. It's to remember his broken body and his blood shed for us, and everything was sanctified and pure as the blood on the, on the hyssop branches, these branches so soak up a bit of the blood and there'd be a sanctifying on everything according to the blood of calves and goats with water, scarlet wool and hyssop, sprinkled both on the book itself and all the people saying, this is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you. Then likewise, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry by the blood. Lord, let your blood be upon me. Let your blood be upon me in the work that I would do. Let your blood be upon me on being kings and priests unto you, sanctified and holy and pure. There's no rubbish in me. Lord, let there be no rubbish in me. Let these things be taken out. The things that don't belong, let them be carried out from within me. It's the blood that cleanses and sanctifies. Hallelujah. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission. Without the blood, without the shedding of blood, without Jesus dying on the cross for us, there is no remission. We have no right standing in or before God, we have no right standing. It is only through the blood that we have stand, right standing before God. Then they went in to King Hezekiah, back to 2 Chronicles 29. We have cleansed all the house of the Lord, the altar of the burnt offerings with all its articles, and the table of the showbread with all its articles. Moreover, all the articles which King Ahaz, who happened to be Hezekiah's father, had already passed, in his reign, had cast aside in his transgression. So he had, his father had cast it all aside. We're not doing this. We're going to go worship other gods in the high places. 
we've put all those articles that he cast aside in his transgression and doing wrong, we have prepared and sanctified, sanctified with the blood, with blood. And there they are before the altar of the Lord, the altar, the place of sacrifice. It's from the altar the blood is taken. Hallelujah. The things that the Lord desires to do through us. Then King Hezekiah rose early, gathered the rulers of the city, and went up to the house of the Lord. There's already been so much blood shed just in the sanctifying of the temple without anybody in it. And they brought seven bulls, seven rams, seven lambs, and seven male goats for a sin offering for the kingdom, for the sanctuary, and for Judah. It's expanding out. It's expanding out. The sanctifi sanctification, it's expanding out. Seven bulls, seven rams, seven lambs, and seven male goats. Seven, the number of completion, the number of perfection. Six is the number of man. Six is not enough. Seven is what we need in our life. We need the blood of Jesus Christ in our life. We need his finished work in our lives. And it's expanding out a sin offering for the kingdom, for the sanctuary, and for Judah. Then he commanded the priests, the sons of Aaron, to offer them on the altar of the Lord. So they killed the bulls, and the priests received the blood and sprinkled it on the, on the altar. Likewise, they killed the rams and sprinkled the blood on the altar. They also killed the lambs and sprinkled the blood on the altar. Then they brought out the male goats for the sin offering before the king and the assembly, and they laid their hands on them. And the priests killed them, and they presented their blood on the altar as a sin offering to make an atonement for all Israel. For the king commanded the burnt offering and the sin offering be made for all Israel. This is interesting. Hezekiah is king of the southern kingdom. And the altar, the, 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 the temple is in Jerusalem. The northern kingdom has had nothing to do with Jerusalem for centuries. And Hezekiah is not just sanctifying his own territory, but he's saying, Lord, I pray that there would be a sanctifying for all of Israel. Let there be prayer. Let there be ministry done even to the northern kingdom that is wicked. Hallelujah. In verse 27, or in verse 25, it says, And he stationed the Levites in the house of the Lord with cymbals, with stringed instruments, and with harps, according to the commandment of David, of God the king seer, and, and of Nathan the prophet from hundreds of years prior. For thus was the commandment of the Lord by his prophets. And the Levites stood with the instruments of David, and the priests with the trumpets. Worship. What a beautiful thing it is to worship in the beauty of holiness. This morning, as we worship under the blood there's, there's, hey, even if you can't sing, I'll tell you right now, there's a worship and praise that goes up to God in the beauty of holiness. I say, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Then Hezekiah commanded him to offer the burnt offering on the altar. And when the burnt offering began, the song of the Lord also began with the trumpets and with the instruments of David, king of Israel. So all the wor assembly worship. Man, a praise is going up to the Lord in who we are. 
under the blood. There's a worship that's going up to the Lord in every aspect of our life. Wherever we're working, and maybe the most godless secular place that you might have around you, there's a worship and a praise that is going up to the Lord. Hallelujah. And when they had finished offering, the king and all who were present with him bowed and worshipped. Moreover, King Hezekiah and the leaders commanded Levites to sing to the praise to the Lord with the words of David and, and of Asaph the seer. So they sang praises with gladness, and they bowed their heads and they worshipped. And Hezekiah answered and said, Now that you have consecrated yourself to the Lord, come near and bring sacrifices and thank offerings into the house of the Lord. And so they assembled, brought in sacrifices and thank offerings. And as many as were of willing heart brought burnt offerings. And the number of the burnt offerings, once again, blood, 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 sacrifice, all pointing to Jesus and his finished work, which he assembled, brought was 70 bulls, 100 rams, and 200 lambs. And all these were for a burnt offering to the Lord. The consecrated things were 600 bulls and 3,000 sheep. But the priests were too few so that they could not skin all the burnt offerings. Therefore, their brethren, the Levites, helped them until the work was ended and until the other priests had sanctified themselves. For the Levites were more diligent in sanctifying themselves than the priests. Also, the burnt offerings were in abundance and the fat of the peace offerings and with the drink offerings for every burnt offering. So the service of the house of the Lord was set in order. Then, all, then Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced that God had prepared the people since the events took place so suddenly within one month. Man, dealing radically with the things in their life that don't belong. Get out. Get out. Clean up. Lord, so I can minister to you in the beauty of holiness that I can minister to others in power and authority. Hallelujah. I, I would have you read Second Chronicles 30 because Hezekiah keeps the Passover. There's a letter that goes out to the northern, some of the northern tribes, the biggest ones, Eph Ephraim and Manasseh, that they should come to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem to keep the Passover to the Lord God of Israel. So here he's making an invitation to the, to the tribes of the northern kingdom. I, I found that beautiful. Hallelujah. That there would be a work done through us, even to those that are distant from the Lord or don't have, not, have nothing to do with the Lord. Let there be a work done through us. Hallelujah. It says, so the runners passed from city to city through the country of Ephraim and Manasseh as, for, as far as Zebulun, but they laughed at them and mocked them. Nevertheless, some from Asher, Manasseh, and Zebulun humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. Also, the hand of God was on Judah to give them singleness of heart to obey the command of the king and the leaders at the word of the Lord. And there was a great assembly, and then again there was sacrifice brought before the Lord. I want to jump to the New Testament. Every single one of the f uh, four Gospels, every single one of them, has significant, a significant portion. In fact, the majority of, of John, seven chapters having to do with the, the lead up to the, the death of Jesus, his death on, on the cross, his burial, and his resurrection. Every single one of the Gospels 
has this as being the same. It's, it's the same in each one. Once again, taken, there's different uh, people involved or perspectives from what they saw. But each one talks about sacrifice. The Old Testament pointing to Jesus' sacrifice hundreds and hundreds of years later. But why four Gospels? Because each one, as I said, has to do with an aspect of who Jesus wants to be in our lives and through our lives to others. I just want to pull up quickly another gospel that we don't want to have. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 1 to 4. This is Paul saying, I want you to be, listen, if the gospel that you're adhering to, the Jesus, the Spirit that you're adhering to that is not part of these four gospels and is not part of what Jesus or what uh, Paul preached, if it's not what Paul preached, have no part of it. Because I'll tell you, in these last days, there is this attempt and a drawing to attempt to deceive and lie to you as believers to get you on to another gospel. Here's what it says. Oh, that you would bear with me in a little folly. And indeed you do bear with me, for I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Corinthians, listen, it was because of me when I came to you that you heard the gospel, you responded to the gospel, and you became children of God. You were betrothed to... I have betrothed you to one husband, Jesus Christ, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Listen now. The deception. And it is there. If whoever you're following, because I recognize so many of you now, us, we have access to the greatest of teachers and men of God. But I'll tell you right now, to discern, if you are not hearing about sin, you are not hearing about the solution to sin in Jesus Christ and his finished work. If you're not hearing about these things, you're not hearing about the Holy Spirit. You need to, you need to check yourself. Am I listening to the right things? Am I listening to the right man? I don't care how many followers they have. We often check to see, well, how many are following how many are subscribing to this, whatever individual, whatever, whoever they are? Oh, there's a lot of followers. Do not be blind sheep just following blindly behind, and they're leading you astray. Listen to what, how harsh and how, how much of a warning this passage, these next few, few verses are. But I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. What simplicity? Jesus Christ and him crucified. In the first letter that Paul writes to the Corinthians, he says, I was determined you know nothing else but Jesus Christ and him crucified. You've heard me say that many times. 
What are you doing? Who are you following? What is your faith in? I mentioned it. I heard it for the first time elsewhere. Someone was saying, yeah, people's faith is in their faith. Do not let your faith be in your faith. Because one day you're like this, and the next day you're like this. Your faith is all over the place. Because your faith, if your faith is in yourself, it's going to be all over the place. Or your faith is in your faith. You feel really confident one day, the next day you don't. I'll tell you, your faith shouldn't be in your faith. Your faith should be in Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross. That's why we have a remembrance every single month. Regularly, we have remembrance of who he is and what he did for us on that cross. His body broken, his blood shed, so that we can have the power and authority to have a life that is vigorous and is overcoming and is not just for ourselves, but that it be for others as well. Let it be for others as well. The simplicity... That you have, that your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. How? Through the serpent. I'll tell you, there's preachers, teachers, prophets, men of God that are following a different Jesus in these last days. And the Lord warned us about false teachers and false prophets. And those that would lead you astray. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached. Who do we preach? Paul says it in the first letter. He says it in Galatians. He says it in Romans. In pretty well every single book he's talking about the finished work of Christ. His sacrifice. If you receive a different spirit which you have not received or a different gospel which you have not accepted. You may well put up with it. Do not put up with anything else. All four Gospels talk about Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Thank you, Lord. And there's a different emphasis on each one. I just quickly, I want you to know, Matthew emphasizes Jesus as King to have a pr protection, a covering, direction, wisdom, power, His will accomplished in your life. And that's what Matthew presents. He says, Jesus says, all power, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He says, go, therefore, and make disciples. Mark, the emphasis of Mark is Jesus as servant healer. He desires, as you look through uh, Mark, and Mark focuses in on, on so many different works of the Lord, what he spoke and what he did, his ministry. And it's of healing, the servant healer. Jesus is servant healer. If you need healing in your body physically, in your being mentally, emotionally, relationally, financially, spiritually, it is through Jesus Christ. And we can minister as kings and priests to others. What I see happening, whether it's at this altar or whether it's before service, after service, is people ministering to others. Let me minister life to you. I'm not talking about one aspect. I'm talking about every single aspect of your life to be taken care of. That the Lord would be there to help you. And that we would be the ones that would be kings and priests and ministering. You wouldn't say, well, you know what? I just have to, I got to talk to the pastor. I cannot believe there are every single one of you. You can go to your brother and sister and say, you are a king and a priest. Are you not? So you check out the ones that are saying, yes, I'm a king and priest. Hey, is your standing with God right? 
Are you in right standing with the Lord? That's being pretty bold to ask somebody that you want to have pray for them. Is your ministry right before? Is, your, is there a right relationship with you and God? Yes, it is. Why? Because my faith is not in my faith and who I am. My faith is in Jesus Christ and who he is to me. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. And he has made me to be a king and priest unto God and unto those that would minister. And as, if that person is able to say, hey, yeah, let them minister life to you. You need direction, you need wisdom, you need protection. Jesus, the king in Matthew, and Mark, the, the healing, the servant healer. You can lay hands on the sick physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally, financially, spiritually. You have the power. At the end of Mark, it talks about, hey, in, in those that believe in Jesus' name, they will cast out demons. You have authority. Those that are being influenced and, and, and plagued by the enemy in your life, in Jesus' name, you foul spirit, leave my brother, leave my sister alone. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Luke, you want to have power to another level to love the Lord? Jesus is the baptizer and the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist said, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather the wheat into his barn. The chaff, the things that are unnecessary or that are, are worthless, he will burn with unquenchable fire. Let the things of chaff in our life be burned up. The baptized in the Holy Spirit, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, to be a witness unto him. I'm going to love you, Lord. And in that love, I'm going to love those that are around me, that they would, they would know the love of Jesus in their life as well. That's what the emphasis of Luke is. Hallelujah. But John is Jesus' Savior. And I read it at the beginning. Truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is a Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. I want you to know the ministry that the Lord Jesus wants to do through you to bring life to others. In the gospel, the good news of Jesus, that I can present Jesus to those that don't have Jesus in their life. They may know of him, but they don't have him in their life. It is critical that people receive Christ, that they hear, they, they hear of sin. Sin is, we need to talk about sin because it separates us from God. We need to have the solution to sin, which is the blood of Jesus. We need to have the application of the blood of Jesus in our life. And that happens as we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need to receive, we need to believe that Jesus died for us. His blood was shed as he was nailed to the cross even before it was, it was, he was bleeding and his blood was shed for us. 
so that we could have life. We could have forgiveness of sins and that we could have life. A washing away, even as we would confess with our mouth that Jesus died for us and he rose again. We have salvation even as we believe in our hearts that this is true. We, can, we will not be ashamed. He will not let us down to have life, that we could minister life to others. And one of the biggest things that we need to recognize about Jesus as Savior in our life and ministering that to others is this. Oftentimes, and I thought this for years, Jesus, he loved me so much. We know the verse. The Father loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life, have everlasting life. And I thought that was just for the moment that I should get saved. Man, was I wrong. I, it, that is correct. We need Jesus for salvation as we believe in him. But I want you to know this. And this passage I've quoted many times is around even the message of the cross. Even the mention of who Jesus is and what he did for us on the cross. Even his mention, the mention of this as people grab a hold of it or don't grab a hold of it, will bring life to us or not. And I'm talking on a daily basis. This is what I want to say. I got saved 53 years ago. It was around this time in the summertime that I got saved 53 years ago. But for Jesus to be my Savior today in what I'm going through, the message of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing, but it is the power of God to those that are being saved today. The power and the wisdom of God, if you read through the first chapter of that first letter in, to the Corinth, or Corinthians, you read the rest of that chapter, and it talks about, or Paul says, we preach Christ crucified the wisdom and the power of God. If you want the wisdom and power of God in your life to get you through what you're getting through, then you grab a hold of the message of the cross, basically of who Jesus is and what he did for you on the cross. Listen, the ministry that we have to do takes care of every single aspect of a person's life because most people are saying, hey, I, I, I don't know what my future is about. Well, let Jesus be your king. Before he can be your king, let me tell you about the fact that you don't have a father in heaven right now. You need to give your life to Jesus. Because as you receive him, as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the children of God, even to those that believe on his name. Who are born not of flesh or of blood or the will of man, but are born of God as we receive Jesus Christ. To have a heavenly father, you need to receive Jesus Christ in your life. Do you want to have, oh, I'm sick. I'm going through different things. Well, Jesus is the one that heals and can take care of every aspect. Hey, I'm having problems with my finances. Jesus wants to take care of them. He wants to give you wisdom, everything through the cross. Everything through the finished work of Jesus Christ. 
I like what Paul says. He says, but God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified me, to me and I to the world. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision, being religious, being a Jew, nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation in Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ. I'm going to boast in nothing else except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. I like what Jesus said. If you're going to follow me, deny yourself, take up the cross daily, and follow me. To deny yourself, I'm not going to depend on my faith or on who I am. I'm going to trust in Jesus Christ and what he did for me on that cross. Every aspect of any person's situation taken care of by Jesus Christ and him crucified. Deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. If anybody desires to come after me, that's what you need to do. Deny yourself, your effort, your righteousness, take up the cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it in a to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his, father, and in his fathers and of the holy angels. That we would not be ashamed of who Jesus Christ is and what he did for us in, in our lives and recognize the power that comes and flows through that. Let me give you an example of, of how Paul operated. And can we stand together? If you don't have communion, cups and emblems, you can still get them, I believe, at the back. And uh, before, if you're here this morning and you are not a believer, for goodness sake, do not take communion. Do not take communion. I, I need for you, and I'll give you an oppor opportunity in just a moment to, to give your life to Jesus to get right before the Lord. Let me just share with how Paul, how he came to the, the Corinthians. He says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. No wisdom of speech or excellence of speech, but I came in the wisdom declaring to you, or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was determined you would know nothing else, and I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with per persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and of power. That's how we need to operate. That we would declare Jesus Christ and Him crucified and that there would be a demonstration of the Spirit of God in and through us and of the power of God through us. And it is possible if you give your life completely over to the Lord and you place your faith in Him, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men but in the power of God that flows through the finished work of Jesus Christ. You want to minister in power. You want to minister life to others, it is through the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Listen, the next uh, few Wednesdays as well, not just Sundays, but the next few Wednesdays, I want you to come. 
You may say, I, I don't do Wednesday night church. I, I only go to church once a week. That you would say, you know what? I will be in the house of the Lord, especially as I see the day of the Lord approaching. I need to be in the house of the Lord. Listen, I'm not trying to put a guilt trip on you. I'm telling you, there's a preparation that we need to have to be kings and priests. And I want to continue on this Wednesday of making it that it be more that you can apply it in your life this Wednesday. So come on out, 7 o'clock. Hallelujah. For those that need to give their life to Jesus, is there anybody here this morning you need to get right with the Lord? You can say, hey, that's me. I, I need to get my life right with the Lord. Is there anybody that you need to just indicate to me? Let me know. Just raise your hand. Is there anybody that needs to get right or give their life to the Lord? We're talking eternity with God and abundance of life on this side of heaven and for all eternity. Is there anybody here on the main floor you need to give your life? Or maybe you need to come back. Maybe it's not just I need to give my life. I gave my life to the Lord, but I walked away from him. I need to come back to him. Is there anybody here that needs to come back? Well, everybody's in a good place. I know it's not, it's not easy thing to, to uh, raise your hand when, when people's eyes are open or whatever. If you need to talk to me after service, feel free to talk to me after service. I'd be more than happy to lead you to Christ. And Lord, if there's anybody here, they would know. They want to have a full, vigorous, overcoming life on this side of heaven and for all eternity. Lord, that they would confess that they have sinned. I have sinned, Lord. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of our sins is death, eternal separation from you. But Lord, you are saying, I've paid the price for your sin. And the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. There is a gift of life that comes as we believe and place our faith in Jesus for our sins and for our life, the, the life of past, present, and future taken care of by Jesus Christ. Lord, that there would be a confession of this and a faith. They would confess with their mouth and believe in their, in, in their hearts that you died for them and you were buried and you rose again. Let it be. Lord, if there's anybody that needs you, that they would not only do that, but they would also say, Jesus, come into my life. Be Lord in my life. I need you in my life. I need for there to be a change in my life. So come into my life. Forgive my sins. I believe what you did for me on the cross because you love me. And come into my life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. If you could just uh, open up, and I want to read, read to you from Isaiah 53. As we prepare to take the emblem of his body and his blood, the emblems. Isaiah, you might say, did they, did they know back then that there was someone coming? They knew it. They knew it. Because Isaiah was preaching, prophesying. Who has believed our report? Isaiah 53. And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he, that would be Jesus, shall grow up before him, the Father, as a tender plant 
he's born. And as a root out of a dry ground, he has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. A lot of, some people are followed just because they, they, they have good looks. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And these things have to do with sickness. They have to do with pain, physical and, and emotional, spiritual. And, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs or sickness, and he has carried our sorrows, our pain, physical and mental. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, for our sins, known, unknown, those that were committed, those that were omitted. He, has, he was wounded for them, and he was bruised for our iniquities the underlying weaknesses that we have, the tendencies that we have, he was bruised for them. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I just thank you this morning for your body that was broken. I just thank you, Lord, that we can remember what you did for us on the cross. In fact, you instituted this thing of communion. We can have... If we want communion with you, we need to recognize your broken body. And so, Lord, we recognize your body that was broken for us, that we could have healing. By your stripes, we were healed. We are healed. We were healed, as Peter says. And we just give you all the praise and the glory for that in Jesus' name. Let's all partake of the bread. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you for your blood that flowed from you. Lord, we thank you for taking that cup. As you said, Father, if this cup could pass from me, but not my will, your will be done. Lord, you recognized what would happen when, as you went to the cross. And Lord, it was way more than physical as it was you becoming that, off, that sin offering for us. Lord, as the sacrifices, all the sacrifices of the Old Testament, Lord, so that we could have peace with you, that we could have right standing with you, we could have our sins washed away as our faith is in your blood shed for us. And so we confess to you, Lord, that there be nothing within us that is of sin, Lord, and if there is, Lord, forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of our trespasses. Lord, you were bruised for our iniquities. Lord, there was a bleeding even under the skin as the bruises in the, the welts that, that, that even as the skin wasn't broken, Lord. But all those bruises, the beating, Lord, that, that you endured for us so that even our weaknesses, our tendencies, the tendencies that we may have taken care of. We just thank you and we praise you for your blood shed for us. In Jesus' name, let's all partake of the cup.
Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad that we have a beautiful Savior? Hallelujah. Let's give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You take care of every aspect of our, our existence and our life. Lord, there is not one single person that you cannot help as long as they're breathing. And Lord, as long as they're willing to say, yes, I believe. Lord, you are able to do a work. And even if they don't believe, Lord, that we can pray. We can pray for the sick. We can pray for healing. Lord, we can pray for life to come. Lord, that it would come through you. It can only come through you. Lord, we give you thanks and praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we just, I pray, you will put it on us in dreams and visions, even in this word. Lord, that we would recognize the ministry that, God, you want to do through us, through your son, Jesus. And let there be a ministry begin through us. In Jesus' name. Everyone says... Amen. I want you to be seated. Uh, I, I want for you to listen up. There is somebody that is going uh, to Zimbabwe. And um, so Mar uh, I'm going to ask my sister to come and uh, if she could just uh, minister uh, where she's going and you'll get an opportunity to find out that out. And also... Uh, I appreciate your willing, willingness to say, hey, I'm going to give up my life at this point to go somewhere else to help out in another country. So uh, listen up, and you will have an opportunity to, to be involved if you want to help out in uh, our sister's ministry. And Michelle Lynn is, is uh, uh, able or not able to, hey, she's going, she needs, she's depending on on other believers to help her to go to a land where she's, uh, they're, they're not paying her, but uh, we can help f so that she can live in another land and that ministry can be done. So, Michelle Lynn, it's all yours. Thank you. Oh, it's a pleasure to get to be here with you uh, this morning. Um, so, uh, if... Oh, there it is. Perfect. Lovely. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, uh, I am preparing to move to Zimbabwe to work as an administrator. Um, so, uh, if I could have the next slide. Um, let me start off my presentation with asking you a question. Has there ever been a time in your life uh, when you felt like you had the heart that you wanted to do something, but you felt like you didn't have the right tools to be able to do the job properly? I see some nodding. <laughs> um, so uh, this is what's happening to pastors in Zimbabwe. Uh, if I get at the next slide, um, pastors, uh, they're called and they're anointed of the Lord um, and so that they, they have it in their hearts to be pastors, um, but they just haven't been trained. They don't have the formal theological training uh, to be able to do the job well. Um, now, this is true in any country of the world. It's not just true in Zimbabwe. Um, the, the culture that we grow up in and the worldview that we have, it it puts a lens on how we read the Bible and how we view God. Um, and so we have to all, uh, you know, 
study the Bible and learn what the Bible really teaches. Um, and so in Zimbabwe, uh, what they have, that what their um, cultural worldview is, is that there's a lot of belief in spiritism. Um, there are a lot of superstitious beliefs. And also in particular, they believe that dead relatives look after the living relatives. And those kinds of things can work their way into the church uh, unless, you know, pastors receive training. Um, and the other thing that's going on is that uh, pastors, uh, there's a high burnout rate. Uh, pastors feel pressured to give and give and give to the church uh, to the detriment to the, of their own personal uh, relationship with God and that of their families. Um, so uh, if I could have the next slide, uh, what is the uh, solution to this? Uh, of course, it is education. Uh, and so uh, there is a Bible college there in uh, Harare. It's called Pan-Africa Christian College. Um, it was founded in 1966. And for the last several decades, they have been raising up the next generation of leaders uh, or pastors uh, in Zimbabwe. Um, so if I could have the next slide. Um, I'd like to introduce you to uh, one of the students. His name is Victor. Um, and you'll see in the first picture there, his two sons are with him, Victor Jr. and Stephen. Um, and I did actually have, I haven't lived in Zimbabwe yet, I'm preparing to move there, but I did get to visit for one week in May, and I had the honor of getting to meet Victor, so you'll see a picture of us together there too. Um, so. About uh, 10 years ago, Victor uh, was serving in his church. He was a musician, um, and he quickly was promoted uh, to where he was the worship pastor, um, and he also served on the board of deacons. Um, but he said that in those days that the church really just ate into his life a lot and took up a lot of time. Um, and he said that he was operating out of a sense of obligation rather than a sense of passion. Um, and the other thing is, is that he did also have several commonly held cultural beliefs that he had just never really uh, examined in the light of scripture. Um, so one example that he gave me um, was the thing of uh, a belief in a thing called an animal totem. Now this is not like a totem pole we have here in Canada. Um, in Africa, the family is very important, or the clan is very important. Uh, and so each family or clan is believed to have this animal totem, and that animal gives its characteristics to the family. So uh, Victor is part of, his family is part of the, um, uh, the lion totem, and so his family is expected to be bold and aggressive like a lion would be. Um, and so he had just never really thought about it and I just kind of accepted that. Um, but then about two years ago, uh, after much prodding from the Holy Spirit, he finally thought, okay, I need to go and study the Bible full time. And so he resigned his position, closed down his small business that he was doing, and he went to study um, full time. Uh, and when he got to the Bible college, he took a systematic theology course. Um, and that is just a big fancy word for what we believe and why we believe it. Um, and in that class, he learned about the right relationship that Christians should have with spirits. Um, and the supremacy of the Holy Spirit. Um, and then uh, he also took another class uh, called Pastoral Leadership. And in that class, he learned uh, that it is right and proper uh, for him to put his own personal relationship with God first. And then in second place is his relationship with his family. And then finally, in third place is his relationship with the church. Um, so I'm going to finish off his story with a direct quote from him. Uh, he said, I can't imagine myself being effective if I hadn't have come here. Um, so, uh, what is my role in all of this? And if we could have the next slide. Um, I'm going to be working as uh, an administrator, uh, an administrative assistant, um, and 
we actually got this picture kind of backwards, so I'm going to be moving from right to left. <laughs> um, so I'll be assisting three different staff members. Uh, the first is that I will be assisting the principal of the school uh, with whatever administrative no, uh, duties he has. Um, the Bible College is currently applying to receive or, or to, to receive university status. Um, so I'm sure that a lot of my responsibilities will revolve around that application. Um, secondly, I'm going to be assisting the, um, uh, the accountant of the school. She's going to handle the numbers. Um, and I'm going to uh, help with things like organization of receipts and filing and that sort of thing. And then finally, I'll also be assisting the registrar of the school uh, by registering new students and as well as, um, you know, uh, updating records of, of current students. Um, more importantly, though, uh, I am really detail-oriented detail and organized. Um, I am not so great at, like, What's your vision? What's your dream? Tell me your goals. <laughs> like, I hate those kinds of questions. <laughs> um, but I know that they're important, um, but it's just not my strong suit. Um, but what I found is, is that frequently those visionary leaders who have those kinds of answers, they aren't so great with the details. Um, and so for them, the administration has to get done. The school won't function or the church won't function without, without administration. Um, but so the pastors or the leaders, they're doing it. Um, but it just, it's a drag, it's a chore, it's a drain on their energy. So the one goal that I do have is that I want to come alongside of these leaders and operate in my gift of administration, which then frees them up to operate in their gift of leadership. And then together we can do the work of the kingdom, uh, which in this case is, you know, raising up the next generation of pastors. Um, so uh, if we could have the last slide, how can you guys get involved? There are three things that you can do. Um, and the first, I know it sounds like a bit of a cliche, but I really mean it. I'd like you to pray for me. Um, we talked about the spiritual influences that are going on in Africa. I really do covet your prayers. Um, to that end, uh, when you came in, you should have received one of these prayer cards. If you did not, um, I have a table out front in the, in the foyer. After service, please come and see me. I would love to chat with you, and you can pick up one of these cards. Um, but yes, please do pray for me. Um, so, but I, I am responsible to raise my own funds, uh, as Pastor Dave said. Um, I do have to, I, I don't get paid from Zimbabwe. Uh, I get paid from Canada. Uh, so I am also seeking financial partners. Um, so I am happy to report that as of right now, I am at about 95% uh, of my budget raised. Um, and so I am just right at the very final end. If I can just get a few more partners, I'll be able to go. Um, and I should say that um, this church actually is one of my sport sponsors. So thank you uh, for, for coming alongside of me corporately as a church. Um, but if any one of you would like to uh, partner with me uh, individually, uh, that would be a big blessing. Um, so there are two ways that you can give. Um, the first, and if I can really encourage you to consider this, is to make a monthly pledge. This is really what gets me to the field and keeps me there. Um, but I do understand that not everybody's able to make a monthly commitment. So it is also possible to make a special gift as well, like a lump sum gift. If you would like to make a gift on the back of my prayer card in the blue box, you'll find instructions on where you can do that. Um, or if you're more techie, you can scan the QR code and that will take you right to the same page. Um, I don't know, Pastor Dave, are we on the internet right now? We are? Okay. So if there's anybody watching online, <laughs> um, the QR code is there for you as well, um, that you would be able to um, get to that page if you so desire. 
Um, so thank you so much uh, for having me and uh, God bless you. Actually, sister, can I just have you come? If I could have the elders come and we're going to pray uh, for our sister before she uh, heads out. And uh, I, I appreciate you being called uh, of the Lord and that you're willing to say, hey, I, I want to uh, be a part of what God has for me. And so I, I, I appreciate the, the fact that you're saying, hey, I'm, I'm one for details. I, I want to do those. We need every aspect uh, of the body to do what it's supposed to so that things can be be done, right, for gifts and administration. So uh, praise the Lord. Let's just, uh, if I could have you just uh, reach around here, and we're just going to, can I have the rest of you just pray with us as we bless our sister? Hallelujah. Lord, we just, we thank you for the opportunity that each one of us has Lord, some of us, yeah, we're being called to another uh, country, another continent. And Lord, we just, we thank you for what you put on our hearts. And Lord, even as we trust in you, there's a confidence that grows. There's a boldness that, that wells up within us. And Lord, there's a security knowing that you are with us in uh, our endeavors as we place our trust in you. And so, Lord, at this time for Michelle Lynn. I just thank you for uh, the, the funds that have been raised so far. And, Lord, the rest that will come in, that she will be able to do the work that you would have her do in Zimbabwe, Lord, at this college. Lord, I just I pray for protection. I pray for the anointing. I pray for there to be life flowing through her in all that she does, that she would uh, be able to minister to many. Lord, in the, in the details... Lord, the details of taking care of what she needs to take care of, that she will do it well, and Lord, it will minister. We know, we thank you in advance, it will minister to, to those that are there, and Lord, those that will be ministered through, the, all the pastors that are trained and raised up, and Lord, as they go out to minister, and Lord, one day we, as we stand before you, Lord, you will say, this is what your work accomplished. It was good. Lord, let there be a prospering. Lord, as with Hezekiah, that in all that he did, there was a prospering. Lord, I pray there would be a prospering in our sister's life. Lord, and even today, Lord, it was not by chance you coordinate this months ago that, that Michelle Lynn would be here tying in right with the word you gave this morning that we should be kings and priests to bring a, an abundant, vigorous, full life, a victorious life to others through us that your name would be glorified. We as a church, thank, thank you that we can take part in this. And I pray blessing on each one that will take part in prayer or in finances in whatever way, Lord, for our sister, in Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand. Praise the Lord. Just, I won't keep you long. Uh, just uh, one thing I just want to make mention of. We have... A special, two special days coming up this month, August 24th, which is a Thursday night, August 24th, Thursday night, uh, there is a praise, worship, and prayer celebration for the uh, worship in the wild that's happening at Niagara, uh, Safari Niagara on the Saturday. It'll be a full day outreach, and our church has a huge um, part in this. 
And one of those things would be for prayer uh, especially. And uh, so if you will set aside that day, I'm not sure yet if we're going to have the Wednesday night uh, service or not, or if we're going to have both the Wednesday and Thursday night, I'm not sure. We'll let you know as we get closer to that day. But definitely keep the Thursday night open and available to be a part. I'm looking forward as we pr uh, praise and worship the Lord, as we take time to pray for the different aspects of that day. And as we have communion together, uh, I'm looking forward. There are many others from different churches that are involved in the leading up. Like I think there's about, I think, 12 or 13 that are heading up this lead team for this day to come to pass. And uh, the beautiful thing is we've had a, a wonderful part in it. They've come, every meeting that we've had has been here at the church. And it's been for months now, since before December uh, till now. So praise the Lord for that. Hallelujah. So the 24th, 7 o'clock, Thursday night, keep that in your, in your uh, calendars. Hallelujah. Lord, we just, we thank you. I pray blessing. I pray anointing. I pray your spirit. I pray your, your will accomplished in every single life. I thank you for who uh, we are in and through you and as your children. Lord, that you would even consider us. Say, I'm so flawed. Lord, you consider every single one of us. Say, no, no, no. You are kings and priests unto me. Lord, that we will be kings and priests unto you. In Jesus' name, that you would be glorified. Amen. Amen. God bless. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.